and that's all I can do. So it's like, I feel like there's no, I wouldn't say there's pressure involved in that way per se. Cause like, I mean, if, if I'm doing my best and if that's not good enough, well then that's just not good enough. I, I mean, I, I've done everything I can. Hello and welcome to Being a Pro Rugby Player. I'm your host, Brian Moylette. I'm a former Irish international age grade player. And each week I chat with a player, a coach or a person involved at the top end of the game to hear their story, get their insights and find out what life is like in professional rugby. On Instagram, I'm the Off Field Rugby Coach. That's at Off Field Rugby. Please follow me there and let me know any thoughts or feedback you have for the pod. Please subscribe to the pod if you haven't already. Would really appreciate if you would leave a rating and review wherever you're listening. And it would also be unreal if you could share the pod with some friends. Those simple actions really help the podcast grow. Cheers. On today's pod, I chat with Paul Mullen, who is an Irishman from the Iron Islands, but plays tight head prop for the Utah Warriors in Major League Rugby and represents the U.S. Eagles internationally. Paul has had a really interesting journey, going from playing underage rugby at Munster in Ireland to playing social rugby for seven years and then ending up going to the World Cup in 2019. Just to give you some perspective, I've coached in the US at the level that Paul was playing at in Galveston, Texas, and for me it would be the equivalent of junior rugby back in Ireland, or maybe at the very most AIL 2C. We chat about all of that and I've listened to so many interviews with rugby players and I genuinely do not think that I've heard of any player with the same attitude and outlook on rugby as Paul does. For a man that's at the pinnacle of the game, who's preparing to face Ireland and the All Blacks, I find his outlook so refreshing. He gives his thoughts on his journey, the World Cup, what life is like in the US Eagles camp and also mentions how COVID has affected it. So here's episode number two with Paul Mullen. So how's summer in Utah? How has the off-season been? Uh, grand, grand. Um, the only thing is we have the, the wildfires in California and the place is covered in smoke. Mm. So it's just, it, it's actually mad. I mean, I've never kind of experienced like a wildfire, not, not that they're close by, but they're probably hundreds of miles away. But because of it, there's a, a heap of smoke here and it'd be dodging off in the lungs. But anyway, I've been doing my little bit of... Uh, training anyway we've gone into usa camp but in just just over two weeks do you have games coming up then for usa yeah we have uh we have canada in canada so it's actually the world cup qualifiers so we play canada up in newfoundland so um someplace i've always wanted to go so looking yeah. forward to that one hopefully get picked for that and then we have canada at home and then we have a south american team uh at home uh, so that'll be in the first kind of probably two, three weeks of in, in September. And then yeah. October, we hit the All Blacks and Ireland. So, um, nice. yeah, a couple of big games. Yeah, nice one. And where are the camps on? Uh, so we'll be in uh, Denver, Colorado. Or, yeah, Denver, Colorado is kind of that's I think that's kind of the USA home uh, field now, you know. So uh, it's kind of it's been so long since we've been, been together in America because of COVID, you know, it's mm-hmm. uh I, I'm not too sure. I'm sure things have changed a bit. Yeah. And it, how do you find training over there in Denver at the altitude? Is it a bit difficult to get used to? Or? 
Yeah, well, so Utah is also at altitude. We're oh, up yeah. at a, where, where we train. It's at a, it's what four thousand seven hundred fifty feet. That's oh, where wow. the yeah. that's where the Utah Stadium is. So it's like, I mean, like at first when I first showed up, I was like, my gosh, this is absolutely, <laughs> this is brutal. Yeah. But um, I suppose I, I don't say like anything else you get used to, but but you kind of get used to it. You know what I mean? You kind of yeah. I suppose it takes it takes a while to get you know used to it, but. Even out there, there's a park up here and there's a few hill sprints, and you're absolutely boost. But, yeah. uh, but sure, it's good for you too. You know, it's good for you. So once, I, I mean, you'd like to think once you go back down to sea level, you can plow on for a bit longer. Yeah, yeah, it should be good as well for opposition teams coming and getting that shock. You know. Oh yeah, that yeah, that's it. I think yeah, even just talking to some of the lads afterwards, like, uh, yeah, the the old altitude, it's uh, doesn't do many people many favors really. Yeah, how have you found living in Utah? I love it to be honest. Uh, I mean, coming up here, I mean, sure, you know, you know yourself. I'm from the Iron Islands, there yeah, yeah. many mountains around there. Like so, uh, yeah. coming up here, there's kind of surrounded by mountains. Like Salt Lake City, I think it's kind of like in the valley, so you've mountains on both sides. It's absolutely beautiful. It's a really yeah. nice spot. Uh, I'd miss the ocean now, right? I, I definitely miss the water. Um, but it's it's a, it's a beautiful spot. Really nice, you know. Can't can't fault it. Yeah, and you living in Salt Lake City. Yeah, yeah, just, uh, yeah, it's, in fairness now, it's quite a small spot, like, I'm, um, everything is kind of relatively near, you can kind of draw, drive from north to the, the whole, the whole kind of valley in probably about half an hour, yeah. no traffic, you know, so it's, it's not that big, but it's a lovely spot, yeah. Yeah, nice one. And uh, you mentioned home there, the Iron Islands, how was growing up there? Uh, well, to me now, I wouldn't know any difference, yeah. but, you know, I'd be talking to a few friends and stuff, and looking back, I'd say, I, I think as a kid, it's a fantastic spot to grow up in because you have so much freedom. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, the island is only so big. You know, you, you can't, you know, as a kid, you're not going to be getting, like, you know, you know if you're on the mainland if you're afraid of getting kidnapped or anything like that. Like, yeah, but, yeah. you know, the island's only so big, so you can't go too far. Um, you know, everybody knows everybody, so it's, it'd be very safe. And, um, yeah, I think, I think it's a great spot to grow up as a, as a kid. Granted that once you're, like, going to 19... You know, 17, 18, 19, you probably want to broaden the horizon a bit more. So it's uh, just maybe to get off the island is, uh, I mean, I suppose see the rest of the world is probably a good idea as well, you know? Yeah, yeah. And you went to boarding school then. How was that? Yeah, that was, a, that was definitely a shock to the system. Um, you know, growing up on an island surrounded by water, you know, you know, and no matter where you look, the water is not far, like, you know, where... Yeah. I went to boarding school, didn't install, and it was the complete opposite. I used to looking out, and you're looking at grass grow, and I just, mm, I mean, yeah. to 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 the, to the normal person in the mainland, it's probably you know, I don't know, it's kind of probably normal really, but I just wasn't really used to that, or, and I don't know, I suppose I wasn't really prepared either. This is kind of you know, you know, yeah, it was, it was what was it, eleven or twelve, you know, so it was yeah. uh, definitely a shock to the system, but. You know, you have the smell of slurry, then sure I never smelled that in my life. You know, and, <laughs> yeah. So it was, uh, <laughs> yeah. it was, that was, that, that was interesting, you know, but you know, and, you know, I was, you know, in Linstall, there's a few farmers there as well, so that, that's, that's normal to them, but yeah, uh, yeah, shocked the system, but you're, you know, good. It was a great experience, fantastic experience, yeah. Yeah. Did you enjoy it? Oh, I, I did. I did, yeah. yeah. I made, made some, like, you know, I mean, it was funny there, even like a few, one of the lads, when I was in Houston, he came out to Houston. He was like, um, I guess he would have been like three years older than me, but it was quite a small school and, you know, everybody knows everybody. And mm. I mean, you're there for like a month at a time. You go home for three days, 
or four days uh, once a month. Yeah. And so really, like, you know, I was like, even though he's three years older than me, we still kind of knew each other quite well and, and got on well. And it was only then he kind of pointed out that you've actually probably spent more time with these lads than you do with your family in the whole year. Yeah. And uh, so it's uh, no, it's a fantastic experience. I, I really enjoyed it, yeah. yeah probably enjoyed it too much. <laughs> and was that was the first time you started playing rugby, was it, when you went to Glenstall? Yeah, yeah. So Glenstall was, uh, you know, in kind of what the winter, you know, I played Gaelic football at home. Uh, wasn't great at it now. But uh, when I went to Glenstall, then rugby was kind of, you know, the only sport there and sure I had a clue about it like, <laughs> to, to know about it so yeah um so yeah just thrown in there and um yeah just kind of learned I suppose you know, like like anything else you kind of you know yeah. you learn learn the ropes and uh no got to absolutely love it you know mm. and when did you start then uh I suppose getting the hang of it and getting into the kind of pathway or monster underage or you must have started getting good after couple years or so yeah i mean i suppose yeah i mean like to the first year like the first game man like we had like probably had a couple of training sessions sure i hadn't a clue <laughs> i hadn't a clue what was going on but um you, you know sure, like, and, and, and there's a few of us that didn't either yeah but um after a while i mean because you're kind of like in this environment where from a certain ex- extent you know rugby is life really you know you're yeah. watching it you're watching the games the weekend you know the, you know, you might get a couple. Of, you might get a chance to go into Thomond Park. You know, so it's like mm. you just you you just get like immersed in it. And um, I suppose, uh, I suppose you know, when was it I got called up to the? Um, would have been third year or fourth year. I kind of got called up to the senior team. Uh, fourth year, I called up to the senior team. I can't remember what happened third year now. Which, uh, junior Cup, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you probably would have got kind of just, it, you know, Junior Cup kind of gets a little bit more kind of the kind of professional environment. And um, yeah, yeah, no, listen, I loved it. And then once I got called up to the senior team of 40, then I just, this was like, man, like my just kind of be like eyes wide open, jaw drop. Like yeah. this is like as close to kind of professional as, as you can get, at least at the time. And I remember our coaches even saying at the time that, you know, we really are what we're in is very similar to a professional environment. Like, you know, it means like we don't have to cook. I mean, the cook and the, the food is cooked for us every day. Granted, now it's boarding school food. So, yeah. you know, know it, it wouldn't be the best. It. Yeah. But, but it, you know, gets the job done, I suppose. Yeah. Basically, you don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Uh, laundry then would be done. So you don't have to worry about that. And then, you know, what you have to focus on is school and, you know, rugby. And some of us probably didn't focus very much on school. Um, so, uh so, so yeah, I mean, it was, it was it was fantastic, and then you're kind of you're in the dorms, so there's a bit of crack, and um, and uh, yeah, you're kind of surrounded with you, by your team the whole time. So uh, yeah, I loved it, loved it, yeah. yeah. And so when you're when you're in that fourth year, fifth year, and that kind of professional environment, like 100, percent it is like you probably training three, four times a week and playing and in the gym and everything. Was it was that? Did you kind of start thinking that you might want to be a professional at that kind of age? Or is it just see how it goes? I'd say see how it goes. I mean, professional. Yeah. I mean, sure. You know, still, at the, you know, you're still just learning so much. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, you'd be there, and um, like, I think the thing about it was like, you know, I'd, and I'd say I could relate. You know, a lot of kind of young kids could probably relate. Is like when you go into Tomlin Park and you're there at a at a monster game, and like, you know, in Tomlin Park at the time, you could kind of storm the field after the game, and you could go on and like, yeah. you know, like meet the players and like shake their hands and stuff, and you're just like. 
these lads are like legends, you know, like you're just kind of idolizing them. And, um, you know, it just it kind of seemed that I suppose, you know, even then you'd be kind of dreaming that there's, you know, you know, where I was, was like here and where they were, was like way yeah. up there, you know, and they're just, you know, you wouldn't know how to get there. But I suppose that's like when I got the opportunity to play the, the Munster underage setup. I mean, I just, whatever chance I could get to, you know, pull on that, you know, Munster jersey was, was just like, that was the dream, you know, and then you could kind of see like, okay, this is what you do to, to get the Munster, get into the Munster setup is kind of, you know, do that yeah. kind of thing. But, um, and I just loved it. Just absolutely loved it. Yeah. Loved the training and the, the environment and kind of the step up and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that was it. Yeah. I mean, I loved everything. I mean, I had a long old travel. I think it was, it was a, under, under 19 was like, oh, stupid travel. Looking, looking back, uh, I'd be like taking the ferry, for, like, I'd leave it, leave the island at 12 o'clock uh, to be at training at six o'clock, I think. And it was just like, you'd be like on a ferry, on a bus, on another bus. And then sometimes you might be even be on another bus if the training was in Cork. Yeah. And it was just like, I'd be like trying to get, catch some sleep on the, on, on the buses. Cause it's just it, take a fair bit out of you. But, uh, uh, no, just yeah, the, the training and everything. Just everything was just, you know, I I don't know. It's probably not very uh, what's uh precise kind of, but no, it's just kind of. I suppose you could say the dream was like you know, you know, you could see that the it was if you wanted sight. to chase dream, this, the, it was in sight. I suppose yeah, yeah. that's it. Yeah. So um, no, but but I, I yeah, I I just I, I loved every minute of it. You know, the whole idea of just even kind of training, kind of. I know you're not getting paid, but training like in a professional environment, I just love that as well. Yeah, yeah. And you played Irish 19s as well, didn't you? That's right, yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, Munster under 19, uh, Ireland under 19, and then uh, Munster under 20, and then I came to the States, and then uh, USA under 20, then that was, yeah. How did it feel moving over to the States, kind of change in scenery? Yeah, um, coming over here, that was... You know, looking at a map, like, I remember actually, it was like, was it Jack Murray were there in the car one day in Munster? And I was like, oh, yeah, sure, I'll be down in Texas, you know? And, and he goes, like, do you know anybody over there? Do you have any family over there? Like, yeah, 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 I, I have an uncle up in Boston. And he's like, Paul, you do know that's <laughs> like, you know, you know, that, that's like us being here in Limerick and uh, having an uncle in Spain. Like, yeah. he was like, if something goes, I was like, Geez. I never, like, I never really knew the size of America. And it's, and it takes a long time. Yeah, I mean, I, couldn't yeah. wrap my head around it until actually one time we had um, a USA training camp in uh, California and I was in Boston and it took me almost the whole day. It was like three different yeah. flights uh, to, to get across the country. And I was like, this place is like, I just, you know, couldn't believe it. You know, do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, you know, you drive three hours from Dublin airport will kind of get you anywhere. Mm. Roughly, I'd say, you know, and sure, there was me taking three separate flights to get to. Oh my gosh, I couldn't yeah. couldn't get over the, the size of the place. But um, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, America's a big spot. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you, you know yourself that up in Canada, oh, there, it's, it's it's a big spot. Yeah, so I visited people in St. Louis, and it's yeah, three flights, and it's the whole day, and yeah, it's and it's only halfway across. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How was Texas A and M then? The studying there. Yeah, grand. Yeah, so I suppose. Um, what happened with me, like down at Linstall, was like, or how did I go to Texas A&M? Was uh, I was in Linstall and I was focusing a lot on rugby, as in I suppose like you know, I'm like like kind of like any kid really, you know. If there's mm. something you like, you probably throw a lot of attention into it, and I just loved the rugby. And um, 
uh, probably like most kids do, you wouldn't really care too much for the for the subjects no. and that kind of crack, you know. And uh, I um, I wasn't doing so well in terms of school, and I was kind of I, I just loved the rugby part of it. So he's probably yeah. just get through the school, get through the school day and go play rugby. Anyway, uh, I suppose my parents seen seen that, and um, you know I wasn't going to install to play rugby wasn't wasn't their idea. They didn't know much about rugby at the time, and. Um, yeah, they wanted me to kind of go get an education. Um, so uh, that's why I went to King's Hospital. I went to King's Hospital in Dublin for my uh, final year of school. And after that, then, you know, doing the Munster under 20 stuff. And, you know, it's kind of the sub-academy kind of, uh, was, it, was it sub-academy? Yeah, kind of, you know, Munster sub-academy was probably like the next step. And yeah. I would love to have gone that way, but the parents kind of stepped in and I listen if you get hit or you get hurt once you know you, you could have a career ending injury yeah. and you're a goose so um they wanted me to get a, a degree and you know marine engineering or engineering or anything to do with the sea really was kind of uh growing up on island that's kind of what you'd be into yeah. so uh friend then and uh yeah anyway long story short ends up in texas a&m in galveston texas so uh right on the gulf of mexico uh galveston it's, it's a an island, a lot bigger than Inishmore now, but yeah. um, an island all the same and hotter, hotter than, well, I would say hotter than hell, but very, very humid, but quite the opposite of the Iron Islands, you know, but um, I, had, I had a lovely time there, great time there, a lot of friends, and uh, there was a rugby team there in Galveston as well, just a, just a social, I mean, a men's club, Division 3, you know, so, um, yeah, I was there for what, was it seven years, I suppose, yeah. and, um, no, great time with the lads, but, uh, you know, it was kind of uh, maybe not so much in line with where I wanted to go. I'd love to give the kind of challenge myself in, in the rugby circle, I suppose. Mm. And this was more a bit more of a social club. Uh, so, yeah, then the uh, MLR kicked off and got, got kind of got involved in that, which was a very kind of perfect timing, really. Yeah. So tell me a bit about uh, Galveston. Like, so you were in... You're in Texas A&M. Were you, were you, was there any rugby there? Did they have a team or did you just play with the local club team? Uh, it was just the local club team, yeah. So, I mean, Texas A&M. So, so you have Texas A&M, which is like a, a big university. Yeah. Um, it's in a place called College Station, Texas. And it probably has about, like, I'd say there's like maybe 60,000 students. Yeah. Uh, so, and I was in Texas A&M at Galveston. So, more so like the maritime based uh stuff so like kind of a, a branch or a satellite college i think they call it over here mm. and um yeah it's about maybe about two thousand students maybe two and a half and uh so it's just there was a men's team there wasn't wasn't any rugby there was actually no really sport in the college you know yeah. so um from that aspect i suppose i was kind of you know made study but in terms of you know like i i enjoyed the stuff i was studying too you know yeah uh the party made a difference do you think it would it be something you might go into after or absolutely yeah I'd, I'd love to i'd love to uh yeah i suppose hopefully they travel the world a bit with rugby and then you yeah. know once once they uh once i can't play rugby anymore that i could uh go into the marine engineering kind of side of things i uh, yeah i'd love to be around the sea anyway what kind of stuff is it so like obviously i know i know engineering i know marine i know like the sea but like what what would a kind of job be or what what kind of role could you go into yeah, well, it's it's quite broad actually. So it's um, so marine engineering. I mean, obviously, I suppose the, the one way one of my professors kind of uh, described it was you could say like you know it'd be 
kind of a, a combination of mechanical engineering and electrical engineering with like an emphasis on like you know sub C and that kind of stuff oh, yeah. you know so a lot of the lads now that I went to college with would have gone straight into the oil and gas industry yeah. and you know we're only an hour from Houston you know we're like Galveston is on the Gulf of Mexico so um, you can see the oil rigs and mm. you know all that kind of stuff was kind of right on our doorstep um, you know I don't know if I'd go into that myself probably not but um, you know a lot of lads that might go working in power plants and uh, stuff like that mm. but um, yeah you know who knows the oil industry has kind of changed a bit in the last couple of years and uh, sure who knows we'll see we'll see what kind of stuff I can get yeah. get into Hopefully it's a few. Hopefully it's a few years. A few years away yet, though. Do you know? Yeah, for sure. It could be some renewable yeah. energy out in the sea, or those trying to see tur- wind turbines out in the sea these days, and all that. Yeah. yeah. No, it's it's a very broad, uh, broad kind of. You've broad scope, like yeah, so. You yeah. kind of. Yeah. Yeah, I saw. Um, I saw while you were playing with Galveston that you became a referee. Yeah. Yeah. How'd that I, uh, yeah. I got, yeah. Well, I was like, there's a couple of ways, really. You know, especially with. Um, how would you put it with uh, Scott Green? It was kind of in the MLR stuff. Well, yeah, sure. You know, before that, even again, I was uh, I got a couple of yellow cards, you know, and uh, <laughs> I, I I I I got suspended there for a while, and uh, I talked to the Texas uh, ref Te- Texas Referees Association or whatever it was, and I was like, listen, there's any way you can kind of reduce this because uh, I want to go play MLR. Yeah. And uh, what they done was they said if you become a referee and referee kind of three games or tournaments that. Uh, we'll just drop it all, all together. Yeah. So I became that, but actually, you know, I think it, it, it helped me quite a bit mm. um, because whenever the, um, let's say the MLR game is beyond, they'd usually have a referees meeting the night before. And I'd go to the meeting the night before and I'd kind of ask the referees, I listen, you know, I, I was like, you know, one of my things was like, listen, so I, I'm playing the front row mm. and, you know, I feel like I'd know what's going on. But when it comes to refereeing, scrum i'm fairly clueless like you know it's like it's, yeah. it's a hard thing to do yeah. and you know as somebody that that plays in the front row is like i can only imagine what it's like for somebody that's a, that was a back to come in and referee the scrum i'm like oh, yeah. this thing must be like you know just get this thing over with so you'd be asking the referees like what what are you looking for and and to be honest that helped a lot because you you know you're trying to you know what the referee is looking for and then you want to paint the picture for the referees so that if it's a 50-50 call, then it's not yourself that's getting, you know, yeah. screwed. But uh, so the whole referee thing actually kind of, you know, I, I didn't want to do it at the start. And the only reason I didn't was just kind of forced to it, really. But yeah. uh, it's actually come, come around to help me a lot. And um, it's something I like to do because I feel like you kind of, you're, you're helping out, like, you know. Absolutely. And do you still do you still kind of go to those referees' meetings or have the chats with the ref? And uh, Well, so now I'm in Utah. I, I'm not too sure how the whole thing works up here. But I, I, I'm... I told the lad that I'd be uh, I'd do a bit of refereeing whenever this the season kind of finishes up. So um, maybe after the the qualifiers here, if I have a bit of free time and yeah. they need a hand, I'd definitely definitely uh, happy to help. You know, but uh, I mean I, I think now maybe so it's probably a bit. Uh, I think maybe in Houston it's probably just you know it's handy because the referee meetings where you have all the let's say local referees come and they'd have a meeting on the Friday night. I'm not too sure. Oh, okay. It probably works a bit different different here. You know, so. Uh, but yeah and um when you're in playing with galveston like it's like so so pretty social rugby and in texas a&m did you have any any thoughts before the mlr came up was there any thought in your head that you kind of wouldn't mind giving professional another go or had you kind of put that to one side 
I suppose at the time I was just like, you know, uh, just like just get get my degree, you know, just get my degree, and then maybe I can just do whatever I want. Then afterwards, yeah. um, granted, there's obviously there's no talk of professional rugby in the states at that stage, um, and I think those those you know Ireland came and played the US. So Ireland played in Houston, and um, I knew the liaison the liaison officer for the Irish team, and uh, I went up and. Um, I was able to like, watch one of their sessions and it was just like it was so sharp mm. and you know I was kind of playing in a kind of social kind of a environment and I was like man this is just like you know you just want to be in it you know and I was like geez, that's you know I'd really like like to be a part of that uh, so I mean I was still probably a couple of years from, uh, away from finishing my degree but um, it's pretty, you know it's definitely something I, I want to get involved in and then you know once I got my degree then like the kind of the, the MLR was kicking off. It's like, man, this is kind of the next, this is the closest thing yeah. to it, you know? So, um, yeah. So, uh, I mean, it was Justin Fitzpatrick was the, he was the head coach of Houston at the time. And he was kind of calling me up and said, hey, listen, can, can you come up? And I was like, uh, or, you know, would you like to kind of try out? And I was listen, I'd love to try out, but I can't because I've got this, you know, I was doing, was actually my master's thesis at the time. And I was like, man, I can't, I spent, you know, what, two years, almost three years at this thing. I can't kind of drop the ball now and, and, and bounce, yeah. you know? So um, once I got the thesis done, I you know, got back to him and said, listen, I've, I'm kind of finished now. Um, I'd love to head up if you're, you know, you know, if you'll have me on. Like, so I went up then and started training with the boys and, and, and loved it. Yeah. Yeah. And how did you find the step up then was? Just, you know, everything was a lot faster, you know? Yeah. Everything, everything was a lot faster. Um, you wouldn't have as many kind of you know the skills were better um but yeah those uh it just I, I loved it you know it's mm. like you know kind of this is it's it's you know it's like it's a step in the right direction and and and, and a big step at that you know i remember yeah yeah and then you know you went from the saber cats then and you know, whatever uh it was in january and then you caught up to getting called you know called up the u.s team then in june so that was like so you went you know you're going from like division three galveston to a big step up to you know Huge. another big step up yeah so i was like you know it's just like but it's kind of speed speed and skill i suppose really is probably the you know uh the biggest differences yeah how did how did that feel like did you feel you were out of your depth or were you just enjoying it or taking it as it comes or you know that kind of period where you're getting you're getting used to houston and then you're another huge step up I probably didn't as enjoy it as much as I, I mean, I, I definitely enjoyed it, but I was so much kind of like trying to, let's say, be in the zone, focusing on, on my role that, you know, you're not really like looking around, oh, geez, the Grand Stadium or like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, you know, like, you know, I just need to make sure that I'm not going backwards in the scrum. I need to make sure I know all the lineouts, know my role. You know, I don't want to be the guy that's, you know, that's, that's you know, messing yeah. up, you know? So, um, but yeah, no, it was, it was, uh, yeah. I mean, it was, it, was a, it was a fantastic experience. And, you know, again, this is kind of like, as I was kind of saying, like you're chasing, like, you know, you're chasing the, next step. the dream is kind of, it's, it's, it's up there, but you're, it's kind of baby steps towards yeah. it. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of, it happened very fast, but, uh, yeah, he's loved every second of it. Yeah, nice. And at that point, then they just say, all right, this is where I want to stay and keep at it. Yeah, well, so, so I suppose, you know, you can't, like, you can't really, uh, kind of lay off the gas you kind of have to you have to you know s stay with it because you know if, if you don't if you kind of let up well you know somebody else will come by and take mm. your spot you know so um you have to keep at it so i think that summer then was um 
was what was strange enough. So the MLR was finished, and then we had the G- internationals in June, and then we, like I think so we're off July, August, September, uh, and then I think we had the Maori All Blacks was the next game. So I, you know, from talking to Gary, he's kind of saying, listen, you know, would you be interested in playing rugby? You know, what are you going to do in the time off? And I was like, well, the MLR is over, so like we're not going to play any rugby until the MLR kind of kicks off again. And he's like, well, would you be interested in heading overseas for a bit? And I was like. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, again, I'm thinking, like, geez, you know, (laughs) you know, it's like, uh, yeah, so um, I ended up going to Newcastle there for three months. So basically, so I'd be be playing rugby for that kind of period. And if I was to stay in the States, I'd be doing nothing, per se, you know. So so I'd be kind of playing rugby or training anyway. uh, So I went to Newcastle Falcons there for for three months. And, uh, yeah, that was another experience. I mean, like, you know. You know, I'm sure maybe like, you know, growing up, I would have played that kind of the rugby equivalent of fantasy football. You would have yeah. played like, you know, testrugby.com or whatever it was and the Six Nations. And it was just like, uh, the, at least in, in boarding school in Linsall, there was a great kind of buzz because everybody was in there and everybody had their team yeah. and we're all kind of going back and forth and you'd be picking players. And next thing, you know, you're there in Newcastle and like, like the Toby Flood, like I was like, you know. I used to pick this lad. This is like, you know, this is one of the lads that be on my team, you know, you know, at least you know all about him, like, and yeah. and here he is here. And I'm like, geez, you know, like, I was just like, I kind of felt at first I was just way out of my depth. I was like, oh, my God, this is just, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, how did I land myself here kind of job, you know? Yeah. And uh, I suppose the, the kind of, the killer for me was like, you know, uh, it probably wouldn't be the sharpest in terms of like, you know, rugby, you know, in terms of like learning the plays like so fast, because I mean, there was a big kind of period of about seven years there where I didn't play very high standard yeah. of rugby, you know, and these lads had done their preseason and I kind of come in and, and towards the end of it or at the end of their preseason and, and like they know all the plays inside out, back to front. And I'm like, what is going on here, you know? And, you know, when you have these kind of, you know, big names, like, geez, the last thing you want me to do is, is feeling like you're an absolute fool there. But uh, so it was a steep learning curve, a steep learning curve, but learned a lot. And uh, it was a fantastic experience there with uh, with Newcastle. Nice. And then that's class. I know, Jermaine, you're, it's, it's hard uh, it's hard learning them in the first place. Then you're behind the eight ball, coming in late. Oh, yeah. Coming in late and you're just like, I mean, try, trying to learn the lineouts. I mean, the lineouts was there's quite a few of them, and you know, like I, you know, I'd be coming from something like you know, in Galveston, there's probably four calls. Like, <laughs> yeah. do, do you know what I mean? One, two, three, and four. Yeah. You know, and uh, no, or, or, or whatever it is, and and you're going in here, and there is probably thirty calls, and I'm like, please, <laughs> you know, and and you know, I think there was there was one game there. It was like it was a preseason or something. I was just thrown in, and uh, he was like, you know, you're up here. I was like, I was like. Will you tell me the call? And like he's told me the call. I was like, what's that like? You know? Yeah. And he's going mad at me, you know. Uh, but you know, it was just like it was just talk about being thrown in the deep end. Uh, that that was uh that was that was, a, that was definitely an experience, you know, yeah. And what was the training like over there compared to in Houston, say? So year one, the MLR, like it was uh I mean, you know, you granted it's a professional league, but it wasn't pretty in terms of training, like you know, we'd have this system in Houston was you trade in the morning. So uh, we'd have gym in the morning and lineouts. And then, so that would be like, maybe even there like half six in the morning. And some of the boys, you'd probably half six to eight o'clock or so. Then the boys would go to work. Oh, okay. And then you train again at night from like seven to 10. So, you know, that, that way most of the lads or some of the lads could work a day job as well, you know? Yeah. And um, yeah, 
so that was Houston. And then, so granted, then you, when you come to Newcastle, then it was kind of like the opposite. It'd be way more professional in terms of you in the morning, maybe what, eight, half eight, and you'd be done by like, you know, one o'clock, mm. two o'clock or so. And you'd have like, you'd have breakfast and lunch there, like, you know, so it's like, so yeah, no, it was, uh, yeah, it was I suppose you could say it was, a, it was a big, big kind of difference from that aspect. Yeah. And has the MLR changed? What's your schedule in Utah like now these days? Yeah, well, so so the MLR has changed a lot since then. So it's become become a lot more professional. You know, most people probably wouldn't have a job. Yeah. Uh, most now, when I say that, no, Utah would probably be the exception. Uh, we actually train from uh, six o'clock at night till ten o'clock at night, okay. uh, and most of the lads would actually have a job. So, uh, and you know, mo- a lot of these lads would be kind of like labor, you know, construction and this kind of stuff. Jeez, so I mean, yeah, like, you know, like. Uh, Oh, long day. I mean, unbelievable. Especially the coming out, coming into the summer when it's about like it'd be a hundred, hundred degrees, Jeez. and you, you, some of the lads are working outside. You know, putting up, building a house. You know, a hundred degree heat, yeah. and then they come, they come to train, and then I'm like, geez, man, like I've done nothing all day, and now like you know, it's, it's a, it's a going to be a tough old session. I, I just, I mean, that was just like that kind of, kind of blew my mind. Like it was like, geez, these lads are, these are tough lads. Yeah, yeah. Jeez, you must have been doing something right though. Like the rest of them are professional. You got to semi final and lost narrowly to the Guiltinis. Probably ran, you know, ran them very close. I mean, so I suppose you'd almost think now there'd be a certain extent where you think, geez, like, could you imagine now if we were in in the morning, in at eight and finished by 12, yeah. uh, you know, and then, you know, you, you know, you, I'm not, not trying to make excuses. Like, I, that's not what I'm trying to do, but just to, everybody's fresh sharp yeah. you know it's not like you're not showing up at six o'clock after a day's work it's like uh trying to you know install new line outs or stuff like that yeah. so um yeah no it's a um it, it'll be interesting how the next couple of years kind of play out uh up here yeah and um how's the travel in the mlr is it that good yeah yeah i mean I love to travel. Like yeah. I, I, I actually kind of I, I enjoy it. You know, some people kind of don't like to travel. They granted it can be like you know a bit of a pain in the ass. Sometimes you're you know hopping on a plane or it could be a couple of planes, you know. Uh, but what's the the long old haul to New York is a long old haul yeah. like from here. But from a certain aspect, you know, Utah. I wouldn't say we're in the middle of the country, but we'd be roughly in the middle per se. We're not on the coast on either side. So from that aspect, you know, it's you kind of you whenever you're traveling, it's a couple hours here or it's a couple hours there. You're not going the whole east to west like you know um so uh yeah no, i mean, listen it's 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 i enjoy it i mean it's kind of from a certain aspect it's back to you know the dream is you know the dream is your professional rugby player you get you're kind of getting paid to to travel the world granted you don't get, you don't get to see a whole pile of it especially you know when it's you're rocking up for a game at the weekend but you know if it's an early game you might you know get a couple hours afterwards to go and explore the town like when we're in new york we got to have a bit of a look around, you know. Nice. But yeah, no, it's. I mean, I I, I love it. What's your favorite away away match? Um, what? I don't know. I'd say. Well, I mean, I liked, I liked exploring New York. I didn't like playing in New York. The the field we played on was 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 bad. Like was was probably the worst field we've played at all year. Yeah. Um, but I think that's because of COVID and that kind of stuff that they were they were stuck with certain fields. What else? San Diego is a nice spot, even though we didn't get to we didn't get to play there this year. But San Diego, it's a nice it's a nice city. Yeah, yeah probably my favorite. And you you played with San Diego? 
Yeah, I was I was in San Diego last year for the whatever was the two months that two months that we had until the COVID kicked in. So, um, yeah, lovely spot. Enjoy it living there. Yeah, just I didn't get to. I suppose it's the thing you know when you're kind of living in a spot, you're like, oh, sure, I'll be here. I'll kind of check this out some other day mm-hmm. or whatever. And sure, I didn't get to see a whole pile of it, but uh, no, very nice place. Yeah, nice place. And how did the moves happen? So you've you've seen three MLR teams. How how the different moves happened? Oh, they happened. Uh, let me see. So I did a couple of years in Houston, and then that was was it the Afterwork Cup. Then um, I was kind of looking at going overseas there for a period, but I picked up an injury in the last game of the World Cup, and ended up going to. So yeah, so it's kind of San Diego kind of reached out, and they're like, "Hey, listen, you know, would you miss coming here?" And I was like, "Long story short, yeah." Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously that kind of didn't go well in terms of uh, COVID. So it was only a one-year deal anyway. And then my, it was actually my girlfriend ended up getting a job here in Salt Lake City. And, you know, there was like a rugby team here. So we kind of, from that aspect, we were able to kind of, I don't say kill two birds with one, one stone, but it was just like, okay, this could really work. Because mm-hmm. when I was in San Diego, it was, a, you know, doing the long distance thing. And, uh, yeah, not exactly fun, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, she got a job. She got a job offer here in Salt Lake City. And then uh, I talked to, talked to the... I was talking to the the Warriors and they're like, yeah, we'd love to have you. So uh, from that aspect, it's kind of worked out all right. Nice one. And uh, is, so yeah. you see yourself there for a bit longer? All going well? All going well, yeah. So I signed here for uh, three years. So first year done and two more two more to go anyway. Hopefully. Nice hopefully. Hopefully they'll have me. Yeah, nice. And uh, you mentioned the Rugby World Cup there. How was that? How, was, how did that feel getting selected? I think I talked to one of the lads about this. It was like, you know, the thing with the World Cup was like, you know, how'd you put it it's kind of like so uh, let's say i'm here you know and it's like okay i need to you, you want to go to world cup so this whole period is like training to get to world cup and tough training too with that like we're in denver for these uh, a while like i can't remember how long it was it was a good while anyway yeah. all in all it's probably gone most of the year i mean between rugby and everything yeah, yeah. and um so you kind of you're training so hard that the world cup is to you know you want to get selected for the world cup to get here yeah so like you're you're training hard, training hard, and we're actually spent some time in the uh, Olympic Training Center in uh, Colorado Springs, and tough going, like yeah. it was tough, tough going. But uh, it was because um, that's up at you know up at altitude there. We're tra- training at the uh, what's it called the the Navy or what's it called Air Force Academy, I think the one out there, and uh, beautiful spot. But geez, that place is just you know <laughs> wouldn't be associated with it. I couldn't associate it with kind of nice and positive thoughts. It's just like it was like you know. <laughs> <laughs> kind of torture being up there you know yeah. even though it's a lovely lovely spot like you know yeah yeah and it's just so you're always so that whole period you're trying to get to the world to let's say to get selected to the world cup mm. and then as soon as you get selected for, for world cup well then there's another thing it's okay england game england game you know it's okay you know i want to get selected for the england game so then here then maybe like three days later you have another game france you know mm. four days later you have you know argentina you know tonga like so the whole time it's like go 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 go, and that's probably a fault of mine that you know maybe going in there I was probably I should have tried to maybe actually enjoy the process a bit more or just take a step back and it's like geez you know what like this is this isn't too bad you know yeah but the whole time you're like you're kind of in the mentality like go 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 and it was only like probably on the plane you know once I left the lads once we kind of landed in LA and we kind of went our separate ways and it's like geez you know that's the World Cup there done and dusted. Um, over uh and you're kind of thinking geez you know that was that was mad you know yeah. uh it kind of like kind of went by just like that you know 
But uh, no, it was just, uh, listen, great experience. But I suppose uh, maybe I should have tried to, you know, enjoyed a bit more. But at the time, you know, you're, you're just like, you're, you're so focused that, yeah. you know. But that's probably maybe one downfall. But that's why, uh, at the same time, I think I learned from it too, you know. So you try, try and, you know, on the tours now, you try and, you know, every day you try and take something that you enjoy out of it. Like, Yeah, that's interesting because whenever I hear like professional rugby players or even retired or sports people, they always say like, oh, I would have preferred to enjoy it more or whatever. But on the flip side of that, people say that you play your best when you're so present and you're just in the moment. You know what I mean? Like focused on the task at hand. So what you, what it sounds like there, you're just always focused on the task at hand, getting everywhere and you got everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. Like on our day off, then like I I, I uh, someone has made a bit of fun of me, but on on our day off, I love to try and like no matter what's, especially if we're on tour with the US team, like we're most likely in a different city. Yeah. It, it, you know, when we're playing games, we're in a different city every week. Yeah. And on our off day, which I think is is it usually is it a Thursday? Yeah, Thursday. I I'd like to try and explore, like because you know, I would just hate to think like you know, let's say, I mean, uh, I don't know, let's say you're in Paris. Yeah. You know, I just feel like it'd be awful to say, geez, yeah, I went to Paris. Oh, did you see the Eiffel Tower? No. Did you see the Arc de Triomphe? No. Do, do, do you know what I mean? I just want to, I just want to see it with my own eyes and, and, uh, and you know, and, and, and that's it. So I try and uh, kind of explore, you know. Yeah, some of the, you know, some of the lads make fun of me. Like, oh, Paul's going off on an adventure there. Because I'd be just like, be happy to, to go. Like, yeah. granted, some days now, some days I mightn't kind of explore as much as others because, you know, sometimes it can take a bit out of you, you know, and you want to make sure you're fresh fresh too you know your your off days probably isn't necessarily made to go exploring it's very more so to rest the rest the body like you know but uh so in the world cup like when we we're kind of outside tokyo you took the bullet train in and uh got to see tokyo and and all that kind of crack yeah. so uh I, i'm not gonna say i was like you know i suppose i said i was but you know when when, when you know when i'm in the zone i like say i'm in the zone and when i'm and when i'm when it's the day off i'd like to switch off to, to you know to, to switch off yeah and Talk to me a little bit about the training in the pre pre World Cup camp because I it's something I noticed when I went to college in the states like the difference in attitude to training just even at like collegiate rugby or collegiate football they're just savages like you know talking about like two a days and this and that and I know like back in Ireland people train hard but I just I found that in the states they have just a whole different hunger for it nearly. That's quite. I find that quite interesting too, because I mean, like, especially when they talk about football, you know, the like American football, it was like, you know, all the, you know, the, the two a days, mm. and, and um, I suppose, you know, to be honest, it's probably uh, if if there's a if I had a problem, I'd say I probably have, that's probably one of the problems I kind of find over here is that maybe a problem isn't the, is the right word, but yeah, I feel like so many people, like you know, maybe parents probably push their kids to do something that they don't want to do yeah i mean like you know like so you, so you're doing the football i mean if you're a kid and you're, you're doing like two days football are you actually enjoying it no. i mean uh, you know well if it's more so like maybe if there's if there's a goal at the end of it <clears throat> but i feel like i suppose where i'm going with this is a lot of the stuff is like you know maybe parents are forcing their kids to do the two days football to you know or the baseball training whatever so that they get the scholarship to to go to college and then you know, maybe you become a, you know, a collegiate player and then maybe you go pro and then all of a sudden the family is like, you know, yeah. we're, you know, we're saved, you know? Yeah. Um, and and I, I think a lot of that maybe might take the enjoyment out of it. I know like, especially a few players, uh, maybe not so much rugby in college, but especially other sports um, that they went to college and they actually ended up hating the sport because of just the 
the pressure they're being put under by first of all you have to you have to perform in terms of uh, the sport but you also have to perform in terms of academics and i think it's it's a lot of pressure and i think because of that you actually have a lot of people not enjoying the sport uh i think me i was probably the complete opposite (laughs) you know what i mean i was like you know i I went to college and I, i i that's all i had was you know one job was to to go to college i enjoyed the rugby but i was definitely enjoying it wasn't a case of like you know life or death yeah uh, or you know you know so um and then after that i think you know chasing rugby it's it's a it's a dream yeah that's kind of that's what i want to do and i don't know you know what i forgot your question no sorry. oh sorry the, the question was kind of like but even like when we're at the the facilities when we're at the um at the air force academy i mean my gosh i mean granted you know the, the gym was just I mean, the gym was probably the size of like what would have in Ireland as a sports hall. Yeah. And you have like just squat racks going the whole length of it. You know, was it like double sided? You know, like just, oh, it was just like, my gosh. I remember like our, our strength and conditioning coach uh, was like, because we'd be training down in Lindale using that. That was like the, was it Lindale Raptors, the Colorado yeah. Raptors? We'd be kind of using their kind of facilities for the most part. Um, and you're like, oh, you know, it's a grand little gym. But next thing you go up to this place and it's just like, oh, my gosh, it's just uh, it's savage. Yeah, It's unbelievable. Yeah. And uh, you mentioned there just pressure, like with the collegiate sports or whatever Americans under. Do you, do you feel much pressure? You seem very just happy-go-lucky. And, but do you feel much pressure around playing or around, around rugby? Well, I think the only one that's pressuring me is myself. Do you know what I mean? That's how, I mean, uh, there's, there's definitely not... I don't. I mean, I don't see anybody de- depending, you know, on me. You know, it's it's uh, just even say like getting the next contract, getting the result, getting picked for the next camp, getting like you know, there's that doesn't none of that kind of stuff weighs on you. You just put your own pressure on yourself. Is that what you're saying? Uh, well, I suppose that I mean the way I like like to look at it, like, listen, I kind of like to just do my thing. Uh, so like you know, if it's if we're out running this morning or you know, like. I'd like to say that I'm I'm, I'm doing my best. Mm. Like so, I'd like that, that I'm that I'm doing my best. I'm not like you know, and if my you know, and that's all I can do. Yeah. So it's like, I feel like there's no, I wouldn't say there's pressure involved in that way per se. Because like I mean, if if I'm doing my best and if that's not good enough, well then, that's just not good enough. I I mean I I've done everything I can. And it would be pretty different now if I was kind of lying on the couch every day doing nothing. Mm. That's kind of how, how how I look at it. I would like to kind of. Uh, leave no stone unturned i know that's a you know yeah. saying or whatever but but that's definitely i, I like to kind of i think you can apply that to life really you know it's like um you know granted i've been in utah now and utah has five national parks i think you know uh you know yeah. like the, you know i've seen pictures but the, the, the killer is i've been here since december and i've been kind of training uh yeah, you've been training the whole time and you know when the season kicked off well i, I covid and stuff so it was, it was out for a while but um you know, every weekend in the MLR, you're pretty much gone. Yeah. You know, either you're either at home one week, one weekend, or you're gone. And then my girlfriend then would be the opposite. She'd work kind of nine to five, or at least one or two Friday. So our schedules are kind of opposite. So now the season's off. I'd love to go explore a little bit. Maybe that's something that I'm actually not that good at. I probably should be a bit better at planning. You know, when it's downtime, that I do get away and you know go explore some stuff. But um, I suppose I'm fortunate to to have that opportunity to be able to even be able to do that. You know, yeah. but that's just Utah. I mean, it's a couple hours down the road and. You have, you know, a few national parks. Oh, yeah. And when I was moving up here, we'd done a, go a bit of a road trip. That's something they wanted to do for, for years, too. We drove from, like, Texas all the way up to Sick. South Dakota. And, you know, you got to see the, the Mount Rushmore, which which I think is probably the most American thing, yeah. you know, going. I mean, like, you know, <laughs> you have a big mountain there. And, like, geez, you know what? 
that looks great to carry yeah. five faces of the president, the president yeah. there, you know. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, if that's not America, I don't know yeah. what is, you know. But uh, absolutely, I absolutely. So I suppose I just love exploring, yeah, love cool. getting out there and just kind of see, seeing what's out there. Again, you know, I'd hate to die, you know, or hate, you know, in whatever it is, what am I, 30, let's say in 30 years time that I'm six, well, maybe let's say 50 years time when I'm 80, he's like, geez, you know what? I wish I went up to see Mount Rushmore. I spent 10 years in America and I didn't even see it. Yeah, you know? yeah. So that's, that's kind of my kind of, I'd like to say, attitude to life. It's like, no matter what it is. Uh, so maybe that's kind of back to the no stone left unturned. I'd like to, you know, if it's around, I'd like to see it. Yeah, um, yeah. that's cool. And that's uh, it's interesting what you said there about life as well. How like when you're doing the best you can do, that's all you can do. And then you don't get too worried about things. But when you said there, if you're sitting on the couch or whatever, you know you're not doing the best you can do. And then you start getting feeling you know geez I, you know i should be doing this i should be doing that but once you're doing all you can do that's it yeah i, I mean just yeah i maybe it's the wrong attitude to like i don't know yeah i mean you know the, the thing is too you have to have a bit of fun like you know if you're not having fun sure you know yeah. why are you doing it like yeah. you know and, and uh it, it, especially with, with the rugby camps i mean you know even though we're we're stuck in when we done the last one we're in england with england and ireland like you know with COVID now was a bit of a pain because like, I mean, you know, geez, I tell you, it'd be hard to have fun in a way because, you know, you have to have the mask on, like, oh, yeah. you know, you could only take your mask off when you're what, when you're eating, oh. when you're training or when you're sleeping and you kind of have the, the COVID police there and, you know, you're there and they're looking at you and like, I'll oh, put your mask on and, you know, you might, then you might sit at the table to have dinner an extra bit longer. You might only have just a glass of my wadi or orange juice or whatever it is. And just, just to have a chat with the lads and like, like oh if you're not eating or whatever put your mask on and like oh geez come on like will you just will you relax like you know but so 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 you'd be kind of thinking that like you know be uh you know this one this is gonna be a a tough tour this will be hard to hard to enjoy but you know at the same time we were in there with lads that we hadn't seen in in what 16 months so you know close to two years and and a lot of new lads as well like and you're just like yeah you just have to have the crack and you know i suppose kind of practice jokes and just a bit of crack you know whatever you try, you try and make the best out of the situation, you know, and I think that's that's definitely important. So, um, I mean, like everyone else, obviously COVID has kind of messed up yeah. a lot of things, but I- again, you have to make the best of the situation you're in. And I think, you know, if you're not having fun, if you're not enjoying it, well, then like get out of it, you yeah. know. And uh, fortunately, uh, at the moment, I, I'm I'm still loving loving playing rugby, uh, and trying to see as much of the world as I can. Nice. Who who are the jokers in the US squad? <laughs> Jeez. I mean, I don't know now. Uh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I suppose there's always a bit of bit of banter, bit of banter, going, a bit of banter going on someplace. Actually, you're always, trying to, you know, sometimes, you know, listen, you're you're thrown in a hotel room for a week. I mean, you have to kind of do a bit of mess on somebody yeah. um, to, to 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 enjoy it, like you know. Nice one. Thanks, Will, for your time. You've been brilliant. But just two more questions. Most enjoyable moment in rugby? For me, I'd say, you know. You know, the World Cup was fantastic and going back to Ireland to play Ireland was fantastic. But my most, like, uh, kind of, uh, yeah, my, one of my, my best moments, would say, was uh, when we played, when we beat Scotland in Houston. Mm. Um, you know, Houston was home to me for, for quite a while. Like, you know, a lot of friends there. Um, and I suppose that's where I started my kind of professional rugby. That's kind of where I started my uh, life in America, really. Yeah. Uh, Galveston only in our way but uh, when we beat Scotland there lots of friends there um, you know girlfriend was there her family was just that was uh, a special moment yeah that's probably my favourite uh, rugby moment yeah yes. what advice would you give to a kid in the Warriors Academy I would say just enjoy it 
I mean, I know, I know that's, you know, even though you had kind of asked me, was like, you know, did I enjoy the, the, the World Cup? I probably should have tried to enjoy it a bit more. But just kind of, I suppose you could say, I enjoy every moment. That's still kind of cliched, but um, yeah, that's, I'm kind of stuck for that one. Yeah. I mean, and when I say, I suppose when I say enjoy it, like, like, you know, enjoy everything about it. Like, you know, whether it's the, you know, the bus trip to the game or whether, you know, like sometimes, you know, if you have to take the police escort or stuff like that, you know, um, you know, playing in the stadiums, getting to travel, you know, playing with friends, you know, yeah. um, you know, and just, uh, just playing a game that, play a game that you love you know I mean that's uh, I mean I think the day I don't say the day you don't enjoy it but get out of it but, but why, why are you doing it mm. so uh, I mean granted you know I wouldn't be a massive fan of the whole the whole preseason fitness but you get, it just has to be done you know I know who likes it anyway yeah. so that, that stuff is pretty hard to enjoy but maybe you you, you know you kind of that's kind of that's, that's kind of planting the seed for you know you, re, you reap the benefits later on so uh, yeah I suppose it, you know, in, enjoy as much as you can. Yeah. Is, is probably, yeah, would be my only advice, really. Awesome. Hey, thanks a million. Really appreciate your time. And best of luck going, going forward in the next few internationals. Yeah, no bother. Thanks for having me on. Enjoy the chat. Really enjoyed that chat. Paul's an absolute top man. It was funny how we met. So Paul and I are both from the west of Ireland. Different parts, granted. But he's a year older than me and we would have been in similar similar rugby circles in that he played for King's Haas as he mentioned in his final year which is a school in Dublin I played for Ross Gray which is a school in Tipperary but we both played in the same competition and then Paul played for Munster under 20s which he mentioned and I played for Connacht under 20s and we played against each other in 2010 but I actually didn't properly meet him or chat with him until 2019, just before the World Cup. So it was funny, the USA were playing Canada here in Vancouver, where I live, in BC Place. And it was their final warm-up game before the World Cup. But one of my buddies was playing with the Eagles, a guy I know from Lindenwood who I coached there. So we were catching up, we got a bit of grub, and Paul was just walking along and was like, Oh, well, mail on, how's things? Whatever, and... Just sat down, we got chatting, and then, yeah, we spent a couple hours, and myself, Malon Paul, and another fella. But stayed in touch with him since then, and it's unreal seeing his story and going from strength to strength. As I mentioned in the intro, he's playing against Ireland and the All Blacks in the fall, and, yeah, it's pretty cool, his outlook on the game. Like, I tried to kind of push him on pressure and how it feels to be going from Division 3, pretty much beer league rugby, to playing against England in a World Cup and France and Scotland, like they've played against, I think he's played against a lot of the top nations. And um, yeah, he just doesn't seem phased by it at all, which is, yeah, once again, really cool. Like, I know even when I was in school, I'd be getting stressed out about matches and I was never too bad, but you still, they'd be playing on you and I know that a lot of young players like that. Every game seems like the biggest game, whereas you listen to Paul and he's just like, ah, yeah, I don't know, I just do my best and whatever. So yeah, I thought that was pretty cool to hear from somebody in his position. If you enjoyed the chat, please subscribe if you haven't already and leave a rating and review. Those things really help. Next week, I'm chatting with an Irish international who was at the last World Cup. We talk about pre-season, how that's going. The new rules, the 50-22 and the goal line dropout. I really love that part of the conversation. We were 
chatting about how he thinks his team will exploit the rules, the new rules, their advantage and attack. And yeah, we're just chatting about the kind of knock-on effects we think it'll have for the game and how the game will change. And we also chatted about how professional rugby has changed over the past few years in that players are now more knowledgeable on the importance of their well-being and everything away from, let's say, gym and pitch. How important the other kind of 22 hours of the day are and what they can do to be their best selves when they do take the field. We spoke about kind of mindfulness and sleep and different things around that that you can do as a player or to be honest as any person to get that extra one percent and feel better throughout the day lastly thank you very much for listening i greatly appreciate you taking the time and clicking in if you enjoy it and you know somebody who might also enjoy it please do send it on to them really makes a difference and yeah really appreciate it Also, you'll see on Instagram that before every podcast, I put out a post, which is like a quick video with a soundbite from the podcast. So if you are sharing it on your story, which would be really appreciated again, please do tag me in it so that I can see it. Cheers. Have a great rest of your day.